In our first reading, there's, I think, a lot of humor here. I like the part where Naaman says, Oh, I surely thought it, the man of God would have come out and waved his arm all over the place and said these words and would have healed me, and I, I've had enough of this. I'm out of here. Um, and uh, we see here, obviously, these these expectations were unrealistic. And you know, you, the the lesson here is you can't you can't uh, hold God to your own expectations. You gotta give give God the freedom to be God and to do what He's going to do on His own terms. Uh, but beyond that, I think another thing that we see here is a, an interesting observation. There's a kind of a, um, a child sandwich going on uh, in our reading here in our first reading, because what I mean by that is. Uh, Naaman, this really big deal, important person, is surrounded in the beginning and in the end uh, by uh, this idea of childish, the, the child. So this this young girl who's a nobody, who is actually captured as a slave, she's the one that's actually got the idea that he should go and get healed through Elisha. Okay, so it was a child or a young person, a kind of a, a little a little person, a nobody, who initiated the idea. To begin with, and then it says after he's healed of his leprosy, his flesh becomes like that of a child. Okay, so there's a that's what I mean by a child sandwich. You know, you got got this idea of child in the beginning and in the end of of the story. And uh, this contrast between the little people and the big people, um, oftentimes the little people do have the kind of true perspective on things and they, they see they have more insight sometimes than the important people. The important people are oftentimes surrounded by a lot of socially constructed um, kind of uh, falsehoods and artificialities and uh, it impedes their their access to truth and to reality. Um, and then the little people sometimes, you know, not always, but some, but oftentimes the little people have a have a clearer access to the truth because they're they don't, they're not surrounded by all those, those sort of socially constructed artificialities um, because they're nobody. No one thinks about them. They're not important, and uh, so so God privileges them in that in that respect. We have uh, in our tradition what we call the well, I think it was made famous really by the Second Vatican Council to talk about this, the preferential option for the poor. There's something about God's heart and his and, and his um, designs for the human race that he, he, has a, he prefers the poor. He prefers the little people, the nobodies. Um, today I was reading, it's just a thing, a nice thing to share with you all. If, you're, if you haven't been following the, the rice bowl um, program. It's really just. It's just a great. I'm just really impressed with it. I think it's just a really great. Um, I don't know exactly what you want to call it, but a, a devotional program. I guess a devotional journey through Lent. They set out on every day. There's these little meditations, and you can, if you want more information, you can go online. And they've done a just this very very professional job. It's very nice, and I think they've made it very accessible and easy for your average Catholic who's got a busy life, they got their own life, but at the same time they want to put some thought and some effort into the traditional practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And it's a great means to help us become more socially aware and aware of the plight of the little people in the world because this is the people that God prefers. 
So every week of Lent, they, there's, a, there's something for every day, but for every week as well, there's a kind of a dedication to a particular individual, a real-life individual, you know, who's on this earth right now, living their, living their lives. And uh, look, we take an examination of their plight and their situation. So this week is this, this woman, uh, Safiata, a woman from, uh, now think about, talk about little people. Has anybody ever heard of the country of Burkina, Burkina Faso? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, a, it's just like what Jesus is talking about. You know, it's not about you. They went over to these other countries and it's, it's like, I, I've never heard of this, this country before in my entire life. Burkina Faso. It's a little country in West Africa. And uh, there's this woman, she's a widow, uh, and she has many children, she's got grandchildren, she's a farmer. And so it, it covers her efforts uh, to try to sustain herself and her family and contribute to her local community uh, through her farming. The Catholic Relief Services, the, what they're doing, which is a really great thing, because uh, these people are very hardworking people. These people, these local farmers in this country are extremely hardworking. So, you know, they're not poor because they're lazy. <laughs> they're poor just simply because they're in a very underprivileged area of the world. Um, so what CRS is doing is really good is they're, it's kind of a dry area and actually they're all farmers, but there's not, it's not a very productive land and area to do farming in. So CRS is kind of helping them do water irrigation and helping them irrigate and learn about that. So, you know, we in the West, we've got a lot of knowledge that we use for the exploitation, you know, and, and the damage of the developing countries. So let's take our knowledge and actually use it to help them. You know, we understand certain things, like we understand farming and irrigation very, very well. So we can go in there, we can help them. And, and uh, So when we give alms to the rice bowl, we're financing programs like that. And we're thinking about and learning about the little people of the world. Um, it's a great way to grow in humility and in love of, of one's neighbor, uh, and thereby is confirmed uh, the God's preferential option uh, for the poor and for the little people.